Hi there, listeners. Welcome back to the land of far and near. As we venture further into summer in these parts, I am reminded of a simpler time, when there are no bills to pay, your most comfortable outfit had built-in slippers, and your biggest worry was catching that school bus on time. While parents were daydreaming of the first day of school, you were spending your Saturday mornings emptying that box of your favorite sugary cereal and catching a marathon of vivid colors and funny voices with the occasional morals snuck in now and then. Here's yet another favorite episode of mine. Sit back and enjoy as we revisit a Saturday morning experience. Oh, and be sure to leave us reviews on iTunes. The Princess and I will be returning in September. Happy summer! Hi, Sue. How are you? Hi, DJ. I'm doing real well. And yourself? I'm doing quite well. And we are. And today we have the pleasure of the company of a good friend from abroad, Mr. Paul Chandler of The Shy Life. Hello, <laughs> that was Big Ben. That's just the, that's our that's our big clock in London. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. How are you? I'm well. How about yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good to good to be here. It's good to have you back with us, Paul. <laughs> yes, we uh, we uh, last touched base with each other before the holidays, and I understand you've been quite busy. Yes, yes, um, yeah, mainly with mainly with the podcast. Which, uh, recording new episodes often in advance so yeah that's what i do with my free time (laughs) (laughs) so i'm sure every one of us can remember what it was like to be a child a much simpler time when mom made your lunch cut the crusts off your bread and your greatest worry was catching so we're going to explore some of the best memories of childhood saturday morning before we begin here's a brief history on the subject The first television broadcast took place atop the Empire State Building in 1936, three years before World War II. It wasn't until almost a decade later when the first programs for children began to appear. One of the first was Chicago's Junior Jamboree, later renamed Kukla, Fran, and Ollie, was an unscripted and ad-libbed puppet show that would inspire the later likes of Punch and Judy and Waylon and Madam. In the United States, early children's television was often a marketing branch of a larger corporate product, such as Disney, and it rarely contained any educational elements. For instance, The Magic Clown, a popular early children's program, was primarily an advertisement for Bonomo's (coughs) Turkish Taffy product. This practice continued, albeit in a much toned-down manner, through the 1980s in the United States when the Federal Communications Commission prohibited tie-in advertising on broadcast television. So, Paul, paint us a picture. Take us back to the childhood of a young Yeti. Tell us, was Mom making your pancakes or waffles? And what was on your television? And what had you taken out of your toy chest? Well, um, from what I can remember, really, uh, it was things like, sort of, um, for food-wise... Other than cereals, it would be things like uh, like a, a bacon and egg sandwich, for instance. Uh, I was always partial to, to something like that with some tomato ketchup. Um, and um, I, one thing I, I will say, my, my childhood, kind of as far as Saturday mornings were concerned, was interrupted from about the age of 11 to 13 by the fact that I went to a school for two years 
which uh, actually meant that I had to be in school on a Saturday morning. But um, luckily, up until the age of 11, and then from uh, 13 onwards, things were back to normal, and I was able to um, enjoy my Saturday morning. <laughs> it, it was no fun, absolutely no fun, having to go to school on a Saturday morning. I went to a, a boarding school for those two years, although I didn't actually board. And um, so I think that's why there was classes on a Saturday morning. It was just to kind of, uh, because the, key, the, the kids needed to be kept busy, I suppose. But um, yeah. but uh, as far as as sort of what I was what I was watching, there were particularly sort of in the late seventies or early eighties, there were often shows on our two main channels that would uh, run in par- parallel. So, for instance, there was one on on the BBC called Multicoloured Swap Shop. Uh, and swap shop literally one of the main things of swap shop was that people rung in and um they would have thing the kids would have things that they wanted to sell and it was like an early version of ebay um and and i I, I think people would, would would be ringing in saying oh yes i want that but i'll swap it for this and um, there was also an element of um, outdoor broadcast where um one of the one of the hosts would be there with loads of kids and um and, and they'd be doing swap, swapping and things but there was also a show called tis was on the other side Now, uh, Tiz was, uh, well, I mean, both shows uh, sort of had a mixture of, of, of cartoons and guests, and Tiz was was the slightly more madcap of the two. That um, There was a character called the Phantom Flanflinger, um, who would be just sort of covered in a sort of, like, hooded, so you couldn't see who he was, and he had, like, a custard pie, and so, um, you know, sometimes the guests would get... Um, would, would, would find a flan in their face, and um, it was a lot. So it was a lot messier a show. And um, the the main host of that was a guy called Chris Tarrant, who later went on to be the main host of the um, oh, the, the Millionaire Game. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire um, over in the UK? So uh, he went on to slightly less messy things. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I think what a lot of kids do. Uh, sorry, what a lot of kids did, I think, with 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 those two shows, and also there were other shows that that, that sort of replaced those. Is that they, you'd watch a bit of one, and then when you got bored, or there was a, a guest you weren't interested in, you flick over to the other channel and watch a bit of that until something came up you you didn't want, and then you flick back in and see what was going on. I don't know if people literally sat and watched one um, sort of from beginning to end. They, I t- well, certainly I I jumped from channel to channel <laughs> but um, as far as games are concerned I always well I was very keen on my teddy bears and they all had names and they all had uh, um, but I think a lot of my games were sort of in my head like playing Doctor Who um, and sort of and, and I quite happily go off into the countryside and play Doctor Who whether I got friends with me or not because I just imagine the other characters were there as well um 
but I was very much into sort of stories with cliffhangers and and then I do the recap of the cli- of the cliffhanger I'd just done and, and so you know you, I, I can see how I've gone from doing that to what I do today on, um, <laughs> that, on my podcast and things. Did, did your friends know enough about Doctor Who that you could uh, have them pick which companion they were going to be? Yeah, pre- pretty much because it was still kind of really popular back in the in the sort of late 70s early 80s although it was around the time that um probably about 83 when it was the 20th anniversary there was a story where more than one doctor all the five doctors were together so i think after that it wasn't so much of a case of i'm the doctor you're the companion it was oh i'm the fifth doctor you're the fourth doctor (laughs) and most of my friends were girls but they were tomboys, so they didn't want to be a girl companion. They wanted to be the Doctor as well. So, um, so, so yeah. I think after about eighty-three, it became people realised they didn't. Have, they could. They could. Everyone could be the Doctor. There's, there's enough, enough to go around for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now, I, I have to make a confession. I did go to school on Saturdays sometimes, but it was for a completely different reason. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh i asked what that reason was well uh there was a time or two that i had to take summer school but um mm. th- that was that was due to performance in math class not for um you know being a prankster in school but <laughs> well, that sounds that sounds eerily familiar i think i went to school one summer for that same reason <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised birds of a feather so <laughs> so um oh, uh, D- uh, dj mm-hmm. we've got uh, some um some, uh, Toppy's written something in the uh, chat room. Would you like me to... Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So for those yes, of you uh, listening, I, we have appointed Paul as our ambassador to the chat room. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's helpful. Toppy, Toppy says, um, we've had versions of Swap Shop here in the USA, but it's always been on the radio. He's never seen it done on TV. So. Yeah, I, um, so I grew up not far from Toppy's area, and I remember some of those shows. We had one that was called mm-hmm. Tradio, and it was basically uh-huh. like a, um, a garage sale or a yard sale that you advertised on the radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, here in the Midwest, we uh, sell football tickets through a program su- such as that. Um, we have very important football tickets or football team here that needs to. That people like to watch. Um, I, I'm surprised it hasn't made some sort of resurgence more recently. Uh, certainly in the UK, it sounds like I suppose everything's on the internet. You don't need it on the on the radio and TV so much. But mm-hmm. so, Paul, I, I think, uh, my husband I think is. will have the 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 thing where people are trying to buy football tickets and and they dogs and and lost dogs and mm-hmm. stuff. So, Paul, my husband is a little bit of an Anglophile, and he grew up watching Doctor Who on PBS years before I started. I um, I do enjoy it, but I have to confess, I didn't get turned on to Doctor Who until Star Trek was off the air. Uh, and I don't mean the original Star Trek, of course. I meant there was no more new Star Trek being produced on current TV. Yes. So I, yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, kind of like uh, what books haven't I read yet? Oh, wait, there's all these years of Doctor Who. Okay, it, that doesn't look <laughs> yeah. bad. My uncle used to watch it. So, But uh, anyways, uh, on that note, my husband's asked me to ask you uh, of a few shows he saw 
uh, online that were popular 80s shows in the UK. So um, if you would like to type out into the chat room or everyone in the chat room, there's a website, Everything 80s UK. And it's I think it's Everything 80s. I have it in our show notes, Everything 80s dot co dot uk i do believe but um billy asked about shows like the thunderbirds terra hawks mm-hmm. banana man danger mouse and there's a few others um super ted around the world with willie fogg and jamie and the magic torch do any of those ring a bell yeah um no i don't i don't know because as well as saturday morning tv we we also have we, we don't i don't think we do anymore but in my day we used to have kids tv every day of the week from about half three till six o'clock and a lot of those shows i would say would have been the ones that would have been um in in that show at that time um thunderbirds obviously dates back to the 60s uh as but it was always it it, it would always kind of resurge and and it'd be repeated again um terror hawks was definitely 80s i was actually recently thinking i wouldn't mind getting the dvds and seeing that again because i only sort of half remember it but i'm sort of interested in um you know just uh, it's quite interesting interesting i want to that was yeah that definitely sort of was in my era as was danger mouse and i've got some dvds of danger mouse um super ted has a doctor who connection because one of the characters was played by john pertwee um and again that was that was a cartoon Around the World with Willie Fogg, I definitely remember. Um, and Jamie and the Magic Torch was uh, definitely, that was sort of 70s. That was um, that was sort of also something I remember growing up, growing up with. So yeah, I, I, I do remember all, all of those uh, at one stage or another. And of course, because my brother is eight and a half years younger than me, I, in a way we sort of overlap. So there were certain shows that I didn't really watch but i remember him watching or by the time he was growing up he had videos so things like thundercats i know isn't really my era but i remember it very well because he was watching and he loved thundercats now um, you were saying that one of those shows was one that john pertwee had been on yeah super ted he did a voice oh, okay because um, I, I was going to say because i know that he also did a, a live action series but um that wasn't on billy's list uh for those of you who aren't familiar, John Pertwee, who played the third Doctor in Doctor Who uh, in the first Color episodes, he was in a series from 79 to 81 called Wurzel Gummidge, where he played a scarecrow. That's right. And they're based on books as well. Um, and um, yeah, he, I think he, along with Doctor Who, I think Wurzel Gummidge was a very, very close to his heart. Um, and uh, it, it's a series I've rewatched, and you know, in my adult uh, life, and uh, I think it, I find some of the some of it is, is actually more um, affecting now than it might have been as a kid, because Russell Gummidge, he's very uh, he's very, very an innocent, and sometimes he encounters characters who really are horrible to him, or make them believe that, or that that, that, that they love him, say, and he falls for it, and. And it's actually quite heartbreaking watching it now in a way that I perhaps didn't even notice when I was a kid. Um, I, I've got, there's quite a lot um, here from Toppy. Would you like me to 
Oh, sure. You like me to, Fill yeah. us in on um, what's going on in the there, chat room, sir. There are paragraphs. There are paragraphs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't want it to go, go past without me. Uh, so this is some of Toppy's experiences. Uh, he says, here is my ch- here is my cherished Saturday morning memories. My brother and I would wake up at 5 a.m. and quietly go downstairs and fix ourselves a bowl of cereal, which we would take into the living room. And we would sit cross-legged on the wood floor in front of the black and white TV and the only thing that would be on, uh, and and the only thing that would be on was one of the local channels. Um, then he says, "Oh, he, he says yes. The, the, the local channels were playing uh, obscure western movies, like an early John Wayne or something. Uh, then the cartoons would start would start at seven a.m. and then it was all cartoons until the monster movie matinee, which would start about one p.m. That was his favourite." It was hosted by two guys who were in costume. One is Dracula. You would only see his hand. And his assistant, Igor. They would chat and introduce the movie, uh, which would be some old monster movie. Um, and then he says, uh, here is the here's the end of my era of Saturday morning cartoons. It was when one of the networks aired a half-hour live-action show called Captain Marvel. And it was followed by Mighty Isis, whatever year that was, probably 1976 or so. That marks the last year that he sat around on Saturday mornings watching cartoons. But um, he, he has also put in a note here to ask DJ to describe Banana Man. I, I, I can do I don't know. Have you seen Banana Man, DJ, I'd, or was that better if I try and explain it? It'd be better if you tried, yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'm sure there are bits I missed. But basically, it was a, a guy who, he was, it was a cartoon, and he, or, I, can't, I think the guy was a bit of a, a flop, a, a, you know, not a, very, not a very heroic character, and then some, something made him be a superhero called Banana Man, and I would have to, I'd have to get the inf- more information, I, I'll see if I can do, I'll see if I can do that whilst we're talking, so I can give you a bit better, a better, um, <laughs> I mean, Super Ted was something similar. That was to do with toys, who again a cartoon toys that were bestowed, uh, were bestowed some magical powers by some passing aliens or something. Um, um, so, so yeah, it was all. And, and, and both series were voiced by sort of relatively well-known British actors, uh, hence John Pertwee's involvement. I'm just. I'm just getting up, trying to get up a bit more information on Banana Man because the actual um, the actual details. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, Banana Man is a parody of traditional superheroes, being portrayed as a schoolboy who is transformed into a muscled caped figure when he eats a banana. The character originally pe- appeared um, in uh, like one of our comics, um, children's comics in about 1980 and mm. the uh the, no it doesn't doesn't say quite what era uh, uh the tv so here the tv series was between 1983 and 1986 and um yeah uh, hmm. i think there's so, some association with jim henson as well mm-hmm. so sue you didn't grow up with a television but you're a proud grandmother. What sort of things would the Grand Duchesses be up to on a Saturday morning, and what kind of TV shows and toys? 
Well, yes, the uh, Grand Youngins were very fond of all the PBS children's programming because their mother sort of insisted from Sesame Seat to the Teletubbies, which had a small controversy with some of our religious people in this country. Uh, but they especially liked the, a program called the Bananas in Pajamas. Oh, and here we go. And one Christmas, the Duke and I purchased life-size dolls of the bananas, thinking that the girls would love them. Mm-hmm. The dolls got stuck in the corner. Oh. And they didn't really play with them much. But the pajamas promptly came off of them, and the girls wore them. And they wore them as long as they could get any part of a digit or an appendage into them. They just, <laughs> they, they really loved the bananas and pajamas. That's a very cute series. about. They're very nice. They're, uh, you know, there, there seem to be no adult people around that area, but... Um, they're, the children are all, or whatever, are all appropriate. They're the two bananas and the uh, the family of bears next door, and I, I can't remember many other characters. They were those were there were those five were mostly there were three of the bears and and the two bananas, mm-hmm. and uh, they also uh, because of their. Um, parental uh because of their parents they were exposed at a very early age to horror movies mm-hmm. uh which <laughs> rather horrified me <laughs> i did not necessarily think it was appropriate when four and five year olds were watching things where they were shooting people and melting snowmen in the back of the truck with antifreeze because it wouldn't die and and I, I don't know why. So I, I don't like horror movies, and I've seen bits and pieces of some of this stuff, and just going, this is not good for small people. I just know it's not, but I guess it hasn't really hurt them. They, no, not although they still like horror movies and right. books no, like not, that. They're okay. No, <laughs> not not to peel back the curtain too much on Mama Bear's family, but. Was that a home life situation where both parents were working different times, or? Um, frequently, Mama Bear and her first husband only one of them would work at a time. Okay, I was I was asking because um, my sister Betty was in a situation like that where she and her husband worked factory jobs and they were opposite shifts, and mm-hmm. they were lucky that their neighbors didn't have a uh, keener interest in their home because my nephews were often left with the TV as the babysitter. Yeah. So, okay. Well, no, my, my, my grandbabies were not like, were not left alone. They, but that did not necessarily mean that their television habits uh, were, were any more appropriate. <laughs> I mean, they were, <laughs> Because they were they were uh, exposed to all sorts of very strange things. Because their uh, father, especially, was uh, prone to watching those things when uh, the girls were there. And as they say, that's another story. <laughs> we yes. have, uh, sorry, sorry. We we, we have uh, 
we have another entrance uh, entrance into the chat room. Yay! And Toppy also says, um, it seems that every generation has some show with bananas in the title. Uh, <laughs> now, 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 for him... now. Now, and he makes a he he makes a typo and he realizes it. But I'll read you what he wrote. Um, for me, it was circa it was circa nineteen seventeen, and then he says nineteen seventeen. No, I'm in nineteen seventy one. I'm not that old. I'm not that old. Um, he he says the banana show that he remembers is the banana splits, and we had the banana splits shown over here as well. Um, so I remember, I sort of remember them as well, probably from maybe later in the seventies because I wasn't alive in nineteen seventy one. And um, George, who is also in the chat room, has wandered into the chat room. References an eighties uh, thing called banana, banana or ram, banana, banana rama. Ram. But I think, but they were not a TV show, so, <laughs> um, but still banana, banana anyway. <laughs> Well, yes. <laughs> so I grew up with a stay-at-home father, and some of my earliest and most fond memories are of watching PBS and shows like Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers with my dad. But some of my other favorites were things like the Smurfs. I also enjoyed cartoons like The Gummy Bears, which, coming to find out, was voiced by some of the people that did Rocky and Bullwinkle. And uh, I enjoyed She-Ra. Uh, a lot of people liked He-Man, but for obvious reasons, I took a liking to She-Ra. I used to play with the girl down the street, and I was very jealous of all the toys she had because both her parents were working and she had nice things. Um, and then another show that was my favorite later run was a little show called Bionic Six. A family brought together by faith and given superpowers through the miracle of modern science. And I was explaining to the Duchess and Paul just a bit ago, Bionic Six was a show that came out in the 80s and... It was sort of the 80s answer to the $6 million man and the bionic woman if they had adopted kids and had a family. Um, a little bit of James Bond in there, too, because the dad was a secret agent for the government. And so he contracted an alien virus and spread it to his family. And the only way they could save the family was, of course, by turning them all bionic. So... Um, <laughs> And then came Nickelodeon. Now, Paul was already talking about messy kid shows on TV. And I have a, I have a special place for Nickelodeon. Um, after I wanted to be an astronaut, I decided I wanted to be a game show host. And uh, my dad was a very handy guy with his tools and, uh, you know, hammer and nails and everything. And when he learned that my next thing I wanted to be was a game show host, he built me my own podium. So I was able to host my own mock game shows in my basement and I would dress up as a game show host and I would write out questions for my show and play games when my friends came over. 
So, uh -huh. Did any of your friends want to be the host? <laughs> Some of them did, but that's kind of like the video games that are one player. You have to decide yeah. when the other person gets to play, and sometimes that doesn't happen. <laughs> I, the, the, nearest, the nearest I did to that, and it wasn't really a kid's game show, but there was a program called Treasure Hunt, which I used to like, which was a lady in a in a helicopter, and she was being guided around a certain area of the countryside. Uh, and, th and there would be clues, and they'd have to kind of try and, back in the studio, they'd have to try and guess what the clue meant, and then they'd be looking on the map, and they'd say, please take the helicopter. It was all, you know, it was all quite um, sort of on location and quite grand. And um, so I yeah, I didn't have a helicopter, but I did a mini version of that. <laughs> so I used to invite friends over, and I'd do, like, the questions. And I'd go out before they came over and put the next, put the question, because... As you, on this program, as you got the question right, you then pick up the next clue. So I'd go around my video. If you like this show, head on over to the Voice of Geeks Network at vognetwork.com. We'll find shows like Ranger Pride, which talks about my favorite childhood show, Power Rangers, as well as the Geek Cards, where you can immerse yourself in geek culture at vognetwork.com. And I'd do this, and I'd leave the clues for us to to find and i did i i did i was really keen on this tv program and uh, yeah I, I remember one summer i did did that quite, quite a few friends i was kind of oh who can i invite over this time so i can uh, I, I can't imagine what the questions were my village was very unremarkable and uh, um, there wasn't much to write about but um i've got some more things from the chat room if you're interested sure go ahead um george says the Smurfs were that transitional cartoon from the old and new. I wanted to make a blueberry shake with the Smurfs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Toppy says, I don't honestly think that there was ever anything better when it came to Saturday morning cartoons than those classic Warner Brothers Bugs Bunny cartoons. Mm -hmm. Although he says, I couldn't stand the Roadrunner. Um, <laughs> I, I, actually, that's that's one place. Toppy and I usually agree, but that's one... That's one uh, I just I, Roadrunner was one of my favourites. Um, mine, mine as well. <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, he, uh, he mentioned he also mentioned Sylvester and Tweety. Um, George agrees with Toppy Smelly. Um, George goes beep beep. Um, Top Toppy says the Smurfs, He Man, Thundercats came after his era of Saturday morning TV watching. Um, and George says it, he was much more. He remembers Bugs Bunny, Flintstones, Jetsons. That was his. That was some things he liked. Um, mm -hmm. Toppy says other cartoons from his era were the Herculoids, Johnny Quest, and other Hanna Barbera productions. But whilst one thing I need to ask you, DJ mm -hmm. and, and Sue, would you say that the kids' TV was mainly just um, on Saturday, or would you have had kids' TV during the, during the, the week? Um, Back in because it sounds like a lot of these shows were specifically on Saturday mornings, whereas we, we we had them spread out across the week. I think there were things during the week, especially in the morning time when mm. when small children, like yeah. under um, under kindergarten age at least, would be watching. Mm. Uh, yeah, mo mostly Sesame Street and Mister Rogers during weekdays before school, yeah. or maybe. Right, maybe just uh, in the uh, time that your siblings would be going to school, because that's something I remember, 
is when they were, you know, on the bus going to school, I was watching like Sesame Street. Yeah, I, I so I think there were some some day children's things, and there and there was after t- noon cartoons, or not necessarily cartoons, mm-hmm. but shows for for children. I think right because um, um, the the afternoon shows usually took the uh, format of a program with a message. There was usually mm-hmm. some sort of a show where, you know, they went on an adventure with mom and dad, or the kid found out why you don't walk away from your family when you're in the department store because you get lost. They were the after-school uh-huh. specials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they were also dealt with slightly older children. They weren't, they weren't like the Teletubbies, which were more of a, 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 a toddler-type mm-hmm. age. We used to have a show called Grange Hill, which was all about... Um, a school, like a, a secondary school, or a sort of from the age eleven onwards, and um, I know cert- certain parents that I knew of. My parents let me watch it, but I know some parents wouldn't let the kids um, watch it because <laughs> uh, it was weird. Because I don't know if it was the kids who went to private schools; they it was too much for them to cope with what might be happening in a uh, in a secondary school, which was not uh, a public school. And um, I think maybe they were, the kids were too naughty. They didn't want them to be learning bad habits or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, did now you obviously didn't go to a, to the public school. You went to a. I, I, I don't know I, what you called the, yeah, a, no, a normal I, school well, in, went, in England. I went to a I went to a normal school for all but two years. Um, I went to a private school for two years. In between, because there was a stage where my parents wanted me to go to a certain school, mm. and I didn't pass the exam, but there was a chance to take the exam again at the age of 13. So they sent me to this private school for two years, and I did pass the exam at 13 and went to the grammar school, which was the school they wanted me to go to. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it was a, it wasn't it wasn't um, it was a school that was good if you liked sport and. <laughs> and I and I and I I'm pretty much the same as I was then. I like reading and I like writing. And, and, and you know, I didn't like uh, running around on a muddy, rugby pitch. Or <laughs> <laughs> so, and now we come to the sweetest part of Saturday morning: <laughs> breakfast. I love the rich. Holy goodness, kill off mini wheats! But the delicious frosted side makes the rich kid in me open wide. The nutritious shredded wheat helps keep me on my toes. But the little ballerina in me thinks the taste steals the show. So, Paul, tell us, what was your favorite thing in your cereal bowl on the plate to, at the breakfast table when you were a kid? Well, I, I always think that the cereals that we had over here are really boring compared to what you have. Because <laughs> when I've been to the States, I've seen all these different you know, these different um, cereals we never had. But we, we did have one or two interesting ones. We had one called Ricicles. We had Frosties. Uh, we had Cocoa Pops. Uh, a lot of the other ones were very, very boring, though. Uh, I was talking to Toppy recently about, a, uh, I think it was uh, an, an American uh, cereal called Quisp, because it has a little alien on the front cover. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, he, we were talking about the aliens that sometimes appear on my podcast. Um, and he said that when he pitches these aliens, he pitches the alien on the front of the crisp cereal packet. <laughs> I don't know that we had. I don't know we had crisp, and I don't think we had Lucky Charms or any of those 
I, 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 I suppose I, I lived in ignorance when I was a kid. I <laughs> didn't miss them because I didn't know they existed. But now I feel retrospectively jealous that. Uh, but, um, I, but you didn't sit down to a brand muffin for breakfast, right? No, Did, no I mean, frosty, Frosties and Rice Cools, they were sort of. Um, they were very sugar coated and cocoa pops were, mm-hmm. were, 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 were mm-hmm. where you sort of poured the milk over them and then they'd make make the milk chocolatey. Um, but but as far as a lot of the other ones were much more healthy sort of bran flakes and Weetabix and not so exciting. But uh, um, we certainly didn't have the range um, that, that that you did. But, uh, uh, but yes, yeah, so when I go when I visited. I've made sure to <laughs> try some of the ones that you that you have. You know, I, I now I don't know if they're still as popular as they once were, but there was a time where we had restaurants and or hotels where in the breakfast buffet area you would have a cereal bar, and by that you had like a buffet of different kinds of cereals you could choose from. Yeah. I'll be- when I've been, yeah, when I've been on holiday, we, most most hotels over here or in Europe have uh, have that sort of range, um, and uh, yeah, it's always it's always nice to try the the the, the different ones. I, I, the, the chat room seems to be commenting on on some of the cereals. Would you like me to to, to tell you what we've got? Cronehaven's um, coming in, coming oh. in the chat room as well. Welcome. We're doing pretty well in the chat room today. <laughs> Um, the actually just to since we last talked since we, I last updated the chat room we've got another whole page worth so oh I'll r- rattle through it quickly if that's sure. Okay. Um, now Crone um, was talking about um, Roadrunner cartoons and how the, about the the Acme products that used to appear um, <laughs> in those and how um, Crone, Crone says I always wanted Wiley to catch the Roadrunner. And Sylvester to catch Tweety Pie. Um, <laughs> Toppy says, good old Acme products. Um, Toppy says, in the early 70s, I recall on weekdays, most local channels would play cartoons during the 3.30 to 5 time slot. I think that's when I would see cartoon, cartoons like the Flintstones, Mad- Magilla, Gorilla, the Jetsons. Um, Crone says, sugar pops are tops. George says... Whoever invented shredded wheat should be put in a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> Toppy says, even frosted shredded wheat. Even frosted shredded wheat, George. Um, and George says, especially frosted, trying to disguise that crap would be high. <laughs> oh, geez. Now, just to pause you for a second there, I have a cute story. When I was a kid, we lived out in the country, of course, and we were driving along on my way to my grandparents' house. And sometimes in the winter, farmers would cover their bales of, of hay and such for the animals. And so I would ask my dad what that was, because it didn't look right to me. And he said, oh, that's frosted wheat. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like it. Uh, um, G- George says um, honeycombs. Um, I'm not sure is that a type of, of cereal. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Toppy says I recall all the kiddie cereals like Cap Captain Crunch and the like, and they all had one thing in common: they would shred the roof of your mouth with <laughs> <to a> bloody pop. <laughs> See, Paul, you didn't have to have government intervention to sh- stop the uh, the sugar parade. We did. 
Um, Crone says, I like the little boxes of cereal. Special K was always the last one picked. Oh, yeah, I remember we have we have those variety packs, and it's always yeah. the boring ones like, like cornflakes. Those seem... Those we're seem... not, not going to get any sponsorship deals, are we? No about? kidding. You know... We're going to get... Lo- we're going to get sponsorship deals from all the sugary cereals. <laughs> I remember the variety packs of cereal. I think my parents used to get them because, you know, you've got a house of four kids. Everyone would get something. But yeah. the last time I went to look for them, I, I didn't remember seeing them in the grocery stores anymore. Yeah, they still do them over here because when I go and see my friend Nick, uh, he's always got the, the variety packs for me. And uh, But I used to have to have two because one barely fills a bowl these days. Right. <laughs> Well, you know, they make the box bigger and the package smaller. Yeah. And when you open them up, it's like five little flakes got out. <laughs> well, and we also have, in, have increased the por- portion size. Yeah, I expect my mum always says, well, if that's what they, that's how much you're supposed to have. That's how much you're supposed to have. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, but, but, yeah but, that, but this is made for a kid. This is a kid's portion, not an adult's portion. Right. Uh, but to- uh, Toppy was say- is saying here that... Uh, uh, it was often the kiddie cereals who were the main advertisers for these Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Toppy also said, this, sorry, this is, but we're very busy in the chat room tonight. Yes. Um, um, Toppy asks Crone, did you eat those variety pack cereals by splitting the box open and pouring the milk right into the box <laughs> and then eat it out of the box? <laughs> That's something that he enjoyed doing. Well, yeah, they they were designed to do that. You could, yeah. uh, I think they had an opening on the front of it that you could, that you could just open the box. Yeah, I suppose technically you could because the ones we had had a plastic. The actual cereals were inside mm-hmm. the box in in a mini a mini version of what you got. I suppose we could have done, but I think we'd have just been. A, it would have been just asking for trouble. We would have had it all over the floor. So, uh, <laughs> we were always given a bowl. <laughs> does that... Oh, does Crone that... says, yes, yes mm-hmm. that's exactly what she did. And uh, Toppy is laughing. <laughs> does that catch us up, Sir Paul? Yes. All yes, right. Now that I've promoted you in the royalty there. Um, <laughs> so, Sue, what were the best parts of breakfast when you were growing up or when your granddaughters were? Oh, um, when I was growing up, mother during the winter, mother always provided us with a hot meal for breakfast. But it was usually hot cereal, cooked cereal like oatmeal or um, cream of rice or cream of wheat. Um, and I still like those a lot. <laughs> and, I, and when I have time, I cook them. They take like five minutes. Um, but the best breakfast meals we had were reserved for supper when, when they, there was something that we had to do, like going to basketball games or, or whatever for, for the older kids. And that's when we would get like pancakes and, and eggs and bacon and with all the fixings, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that was that was pretty good. Now I, I fed my babies cold cereal, OJ and yogurt and mama bear has kept the yogurt and added frozen breakfast pizzas. Oh, so we have had a journey through our breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the kids do eat cereal. The babies eat, eat 
uh, cereal rather than the. And I think Mama Bear doesn't eat the breakfast pizzas anymore. I'm not even sure they still make them. Hmm. Since I never purchased them, I, right. I, I have I've had them over at her house sometimes when the girls were tiny, but not hmm. recently. So um, when it came to growing up in my household, it seemed like mom and dad had given up on trying to say no. (laughs) Uh, In hindsight, I feel as though I lived in Willy Wonka's candy factory. (laughs) Uh, I remember many a Saturday watching TV in my Thundercat sleeping bag. And uh, with the box of cinnamon toast crunch at my side, (laughs) I'd eat handfuls of the stuff and there'd be copious amounts of sugar and cinnamon glistening off the sleeping bag like glitter left over from Christmas. (laughs) And somewhere in my sister's house, I still have that sleeping bag. I should see what it fetches on eBay. Uh, (laughs) It's a wonder I still have any of my own teeth. Um, another of my favorites was peanut butter cap and crunch. Now, as Toppy attested and my husband Billy, that sh- cereal was so sugary it would cut the roof of your mouth unless you <laughs> soaked it in milk long enough. But who wants to wait? Um, Dad loved peanut butter toast, and his coffee was like fudge. He would put plenty of sugar and creamer in it, and his favorite thing to do. <laughs> And I would sneak some of it as he would fold his peanut butter toast and dip it in the coffee like it was a donut. Yeah, sounds good to me. So after breakfast was done and you'd watched your shows, Paul, what toys would you have played with afterwards? Did you have favorite games you'd play with your friends? Um, well, I said a lot of them were the acting acting ones uh we did have a one stage when my brother was quite little we had like a a little tardis playhouse but literally you it, it was probably smaller on the inside than the um, <laughs> it's uh but it, it, i'm sure it helped with yeah i'm sure it helped with when we were playing the doctor who games at least we had a tardis but uh, didn't go very far but we just had to pretend it did but, uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was. I can't see them playing anything other than Doctor Who. We did used to play sort of different uh, sort of versions of of hide and seek or uh, those sorts of games. That was when we were sort of uh, out and about with the. Because when I was a kid, uh, there were lots of kids my age in our village and it was relatively safe. Uh, um, And I remember, you know, we were all over the village and in different people's garden. I, you know, luckily that there were quite a few kids, so we had quite a few gardens we could play in. And, uh, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it was quite different by the time my brother grew up. Um, most, most of that era of kids had moved, had grown up and there were very few children. And, uh, um, he had quite the opposite experience, but I was definitely quite lucky. Hmm. And Sue, what kind of toys were, uh, what, sorry, I'm missing my place here. Um, Sue, what sorts of toys were your and your granddaughter's favorites? 
Well, the girls played with whatever was handy, except, of course, their bananas without their pajamas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but they didn't have they really didn't have favorite favorite toys. Their parents did not keep track of their toys like my my mother did when you know when we'd go someplace and you'd take a doll or or a truck or something with you to to somebody else's house. Mother always made sure that that came home with you. Um, and they. And when they played over at your house, she always made sure they got their things back home too. But, and all the mothers did that. Um, I also grew up in a, in a, uh, I guess you would call it a small village. <laughs> was, uh, uh, there was 800 people in town when I lived there. Um, and we played all over the place. Uh, there were a number of kids on my block and we, would hook up with them and then we'd hook up with their friends and you know in the block just behind us and then we would go over to the river and then <laughs> and then we'd head up across the river and then we'd head up the hill and um you didn't go with the hills of the rockies so you didn't go <laughs> home until the street lights came on yeah uh or or mom started yelling and, and <sighs> you could find you would find that out if if she needed you 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 were there were, like I said, there were 800 people there, and I think they didn't count us children in that number. Um, there were 800 people watching us. <laughs> you, you really, if you if you did something wrong, you were in trouble when you got home. Uh, <laughs> and because whatever you did, even if you were as far away as you could get, it it was back home with mom as soon as you. You know, or mom and dad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it was much so better. We never really got away with anything, but we played outdoors. We played with nature. We we played by by and in the river. Uh, not too much in the river because it was it ran pretty fast <laughs> through our town. But um, and there was a and there was an irrigation ditch that they ran in front of, uh, through part of the town during the summer. That came from the river, and we oftentimes played there, in and out of that. <laughs> we we were frequently all wet uh, as as kids, but and we didn't worry about that. We would, you know, dry off and go somewhere else and do something else. Uh, about the only place we really didn't go to was the cemetery, which I now find to be a really nice place. It's one of the quietest <laughs> places in town. I live next to a church. Well, my, my parents live next to a churchyard, but it's not a very big, not a very mm-hmm. big churchyard. So I always kind of think I, I I still like to visit churchyards, but I think that's partly due to growing up next to one. Uh, yeah, well, when I was when I was in high school, I used to walk through uh, at the couple of graveyards here in town, and uh, and since I was attempting to be a writer at the time, I would. I would read the the uh, gravestones looking for for character names because that was the hardest thing about writing is is giving somebody an, a, a name or an appropriate name mm-hmm. and you never I never wanted to use anybody that I knew the name of anybody I knew mm-hmm. you know so um, some of the old names that were in yeah. the mm-hmm. 
and the graveyards were kind of interesting yeah. and made great names. So many of the toys that I played with as a child were construction or building related. In hindsight, I realize now that with my father having build, been a building contractor, it might have been deliberate. <laughs> um, I think secretly, since he never finished his education, he hoped I might become an architect or an engineer. Hmm. I first remember Lincoln Logs, and I had some Lego, but not many. Parents hated stepping on them. There's a, a lady at work who's quite petite, and this bigger guy likes to tease her. And I said to him, be careful, even Legos hurt when you step on them. Um, <laughs> see, I had some sort of plastic block toys. I can't remember what they were called, but some of you 80s kids might know. They were they looked similar to Legos, but they were shallower and hollow. And they had sort of a plastic cog in them that you could turn with a screwdriver that came with it, a plastic screwdriver, so you could lock your pieces into place. I once made a mock-up of a computer and took that to school, and my teachers were wowed. Um, my absolute favorite toys to play with as a kid were called Constructs. And that's spelled C O N C or sorry, C O N S T R U X like X ray. Now these were modeled after industrial construction like beams and bolts, and they had expansion packs for your kits when you bought all of your supplies. And um, they came with motorized parts and glow in the dark pieces. Toppy. <laughs> and uh, you know, in the glow in the dark category they had spaced themed editions so of course a young kid that wants to be an astronaut is going to be all over those toys mm -hmm. so sounds interesting yeah i've got some more bits and pieces to read i've been mm -hmm. i've been posting some of those links um into the chat room but i've got an update on um, the chat from the chat room if you'd like to hear certainly what people have been saying um george says i used to cry when my older sisters gave me a bowl of oatmeal, mm. they would put peaches or things in it to keep me from crying. I was such a baby. Um, and <laughs> Toppy, la Toppy laughs at that. Toppy says, I can't remember if it was Saturday morning or Sunday mornings, but my grandmother would fix us all waffles and we would eat them with butter and syrup. Ooh. And um, Toppy responds to your what, what you were saying, DJ, about the Thundercat sleeping bag. Mm -hmm. He thinks that sounds cute. Um Crone likes the sound of the uh, butter and syrup for the waffles. Um, uh, Toppy also mentions that he adored peanut butter Captain Crunch. Um, we've, I'm not. No, there's no surprise because I've heard Toppy discussing peanut butter with Brenda on Lotzel. So uh, <laughs> um, that, that's a. I think that's probably uh, the unofficial peanut butter fan club on Lotzel. Peanut butter really is um, legalized crack. <laughs> is, is, is that it? My my daughter really likes uh, peanut butter and peanut butter flavored things like cereals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, th I think it's a lot more popular over over with you than it is over here. I mean, it's still available here, but um, it's it's not as I, I was surprised when I was over in the states last how many of the the chocolate bars have pe are, are sort of related to peanuts in some way. Um, <laughs> well, we, we do have a few chocolate bars that do have peanuts in, but, but, but literally there were, I don't know, I was finding, you know, every other bar was peanut related. <laughs> and, it, and, it, 
anyway, we've still got more to come here, so I shall, I shall crack on. Um, so, uh, Toppy says, as an adult, I use that word loosely, I do enjoy toast with peanut butter. Um, <laughs> Toppy also responds to what I was saying about playing in the garden. Uh, he said he can picture Paul and the kids tramping all over the flowers. I, we didn't do that. No, we didn't do that. No. Oh no, that was that would that would bring the whole village down on you. You start walking on people's flowers. I, I know it's not so much for Saturday thing, but I do remember that uh, we we there was a difference back in the in the day. There was a difference between Saturday and Sunday. In the on Saturdays we were allowed to play on the streets because it was that quiet. Um, but on Sundays we were strictly you're play, playing in the gardens, um, and the only time you're allowed on the street was if you were crossing to, to your friend's house. Back then, you weren't allowed, to play. Mm. and you also you had to play a lot quieter on a Sunday in the garden. So. Um, Toppy says, um, "Okay, okay, okay. Here's my favourite toys back in the day. Uh, I would ride my hippity hop all around the yard, <laughs> bouncing around. This is just last week, I think he means. Right? Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no. He says bouncing around." Uh, with me, I had some sort of bl- um, some sort of blow toy that would put soap bubbles in. The toy didn't blow bubbles, but rather would leave a stream of soap foam. So there I would be hippity-hopping around, leaving trails of soap foam. <laughs> I was a strange child. Um, <laughs> I can picture that. Jo- George says, sounds like fun to me, Toppy Smelly. Uh, they're, they're all laughing. Um it was all about the Tonka t- truck for me, says George. Um, and Toppy says, I had Tinker toys. And they all get very excited when they mention the glow-in-the-dark toys as well. So. Yeah. That, that brings us up to date. I put, and I put some links to uh, the ones that were in the, the show notes. Excellent. Uh, so if anyone Paul, wants to click on those. Paul, from what you and I both know of Toppy, would it be any surprise to you to learn that he had one of those hats with the propellers? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, but I think I think Toppy would have tinkered with it so much that it would actually have worked, and he would be flying over to Hollow. Right. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. And if you could let our listeners know where we could find you, um, Twitter. I I am Shayeti. I have my own blog, Shayeti dot com. Uh, podcast wise, uh, I'm on the, the Shy Life podcast which is on iTunes and Acast and Podbean and SoundCloud. And I do have a, uh, a Facebook sort of sort of writer's group, a sort of uh, news sort of page as well. So, uh, yeah, those are the main places. Oh, I have a YouTube channel as well, Mr. Shire. Mm-hmm. And he's been uh, having his episodes from his 90s independent show yes, right. on their um, Sutton Park. That's right, yeah. Thank you for listening to The Far Away Nearby. You can find this show wherever you listen to podcasts. Find our fan page on Facebook and our companion blog on Tumblr. Email us at tfnpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at tfndj and text or leave a message at 720-230-6919. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univazpods.net.